And the time to start, if you're not living your dream, is right now. Start setting goals and setting out where you set in the course of your life and setting it all up so that you get somewhere in the future. When all that comes together, something happens called fulfillment. If you are not experiencing awesomeness in every aspect of your life, it's just from internal block or barrier disconnect that you've chosen to take on. Life is as easy or as hard as we want to make it. And I got my hands and my eyeballs and my heart around any information I could around holistic healing. And that led me down a never-ending rabbit hole of which I'm still spelunking into the depths of. I needed something like ayahuasca to really wake me up because I was very rigid and very stuck in my ways and very structured and controlling. And my first ayahuasca ceremony cracked my ego in a billion pieces. And uh, that's when I believe when you when we really follow our deepest truth, when we really follow our soul, when we really follow our true calling, the universe rises to support us moment to moment to moment. Welcome to the Holistic Health and Human Potential Podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I'm an international speaker, author of multiple books, an integrative nutritionist, a transformation and embodiment coach, and simply a man who has devoted most of my life to the study, application, and integration of human potential. And it is my biggest inspiration to bring you weekly episodes that will expand your mind, challenge your paradigm, deepen your heart, and help you to embody the greatest version of yourself as I believe you are meant to do something incredible with your life and this podcast exists simply to support you on that journey. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Holistic Human Optimization Show. I am your host, Ronnie Landis, and today we have an incredible episode lined up for everyone. This is a conversation in a transmission that I've been, uh, I've been awaiting for a little while and finally got myself into gear and contacted uh, a dear friend and sister of mine and a colleague out from Sedona, Arizona, Miss Anahata Ananda, and this woman is, uh, you know, sometimes I don't even have the words for some of the people that I have on my show because I know them personally, and I also know the work that they do in the world. And uh, just a quick little kind of insight into who Ananata is, Anahata is, blending the compassion and tenderness of an angel in the wisdom and strength of a shaman Anahata Ananda guides profound journeys of healing and awakening. That is only a little snippet of who this woman is. And really, I just want to share before we dive in, because we have a lot of territory to dive into, and people are going to really get a really get a good idea in transmission of like really what the work you do in the world is, because it is very profound. We we really met for the first time, I want to say like five-ish years ago. When I was on a particular hero's journey of my own, making a transition from one trajectory in my life and shifting over to another, which, you know, interestingly enough, landed me in Sedona by necessity. I actually was literally drop shipped into Sedona after a book tour and uh, had no money, had no anything, pretty much everything kind of just like it was like things shifted completely for me. And I ended up in Sedona of all places. And I really... I, that that particular four months of my life is just such a milestone because that was a particular time in my life where the entrepreneurial spark in me really took form. I had gone to the Big Island of Hawaii for the first time before that. I had been really doing my work in the world, but I hadn't fully integrated and embodied the kind of the prosperity and the entrepreneurial drive um, and, and really brought that all together in a more grounded way. A lot of the pieces were kind of floating around and I had to pull it into, into matter as I'm sure we'll talk about. I had to pull it from the ethers and bring it into matter. And, um, and you know, one of the, one of the memories I have when you and me first connected, there was, a, and I'll just share this transparently because we all, we all reach these points in our journey. There's a particular moment where, um, I was kind of like down and out financially. I didn't have a business set up. I didn't even have my online holistic nutrition 
um, certification course, which a lot of people that follow me know, and a lot of people are a part of that. I hadn't even created that. It was a, it was an idea that I, I didn't even know what it was going to be. I was just filming videos and kind of seeing where it goes. And then I remember there was a moment where I was like, oh man, rent's coming up and I really need to get my butt into gear here. And uh, I reached out to a number of people just for support. How can I be of assistance? How can I help? How can we create an exchange? I remember reaching out to you and it was like, I was like asking to borrow like a hundred dollars or something. And your response was so perfect. You know, you basically like, well, I'm not going to loan the $100, but I will invite you over to my house to do a session and we'll help you just empower yourself to manifest all the finances that you'll ever need in your life. And that, and then I remember that's when we first really connected. You ran me through some breath work and just helped me attune myself, helped me get clear. And, you know, as to what, what are the next steps for Ronnie Landis? And so just wanted to share that with everyone because that literally, that whole, that whole milestone shifted me into the man that I am now. And uh, so that's, that's my little introduction for you. <laughs> well, such a blessing and synchronistic that our paths would cross at just that time. Ronnie, it's been uh, an honor and a privilege and just tickles me to see the success that you're uh, attracting and what you're saying yes to and how many people that you're helping along the way. Sedona has a way of kind of reeling people in at a time when they need to make a shift or let go of something or step into something or um, uh, have a course correction or a realignment in some way or some tools or inspiration to catalyze a new chapter. And so um, I'm grateful that you landed here in Sedona because it, it opened up a new chapter for you. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Absolutely. And, and of course, as I mentioned, that's how you and me got connected. And funny enough, here we are right now sharing this, this message that is to be with the world, essentially. And, uh, you know, I want to start off with, I would love to get you to share a little bit about your background, because everybody has an origin story, you know, you being a superhero. What I love <laughs> about superheroes is their origin story. How did they go from mere mortality or mere mortals, so to speak, into becoming their, their embodied superhero? Um, I'd love to start there and then kind of transition into what you and me discussed yesterday, which is the state of the world and how, how we can empower ourselves through potential breakdowns or transitions that we may be going through in our lives. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's heating up for sure. And we're going to dive into that. So stay tuned because we're going to get real juicy on this one. Um, my mortal journey journey um, to even more mortalness uh, <laughs> started with my dark night of the soul. Definitely. Uh, reached a time in my life where my health was falling apart. My, I didn't have the tools to maintain a healthy marriage at the time. I was in overwhelm as a, as a mother, kind of not having community society support, struggling with finances and, you know, and then health, then, then my health uh, took a turn and I got a wake up call there it was like, okay, something's got to change. And that really propelled me into not that I wanted to, but had to kind of look at all areas of my life and, and say, is this working? Does it fit? Um, is this really what I want? And um, is this an integrity with who I am? And, and take an honest look about what isn't working in my life. And, uh, and, and maybe just perhaps not blame everybody else um, about, <laughs> about what wasn't working. Like, all right, uh, well, I'm the common denominator in my life, so what could I do differently? And um, so it, it propelled me, Ronnie, into exploring alternative modalities for nutrition um, and emotional clearing because I was angry and upset. And, and, you know, a lot of the emotions that I had been carrying from unresolved issues, from past relationships, and definitely from my childhood, you know, I had a great childhood, but there was a lot of things that just you know, didn't quite get healed or resolved at the time that were residual that just kind of kept underlying there um, that, that weren't ever addressed that led to and perpetuated um, sugar addictions and um, indulgences with alcohol and food, of course, um, and shopping and, you know, just a lot of avoidance. And so my story kind of was I've got to make some changes because I had twins at the time. My twins were just a couple years old. And I was like, look, 
this isn't just about me. I got to get my shit together and I got to um, get my health, my emotional well-being, my relationship, you know, dynamic, like tidied and whatever isn't working has to go and whatever needs to come into my life that's new must happen. So I started exploring shamanism you know, raw foods, cleansing, detoxification, meditation. I like just dove in head first, Ronnie, in all of it. Like I, I, you know, just learning how to work with energy, relationships, empowerment, conscious languaging. And I, it was just a huge uh, eye opener and a door opener for really soul medicine that I was so, so hungry for. So that was what started my journey. And and then, of course, I felt so called to just continue studying shamanism. You know, everything that I was going to that was working for me, I, I decided to really go further with and study more. And that kind of created a combination of different areas of expertise that turned into shamanic healing here in Sedona is drawing on all of that. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that name, by the way. Could you maybe take a moment to kind of unpack what that means exactly to you? For me, shamangelic is this bridge of light and dark, and the shaman is not afraid to go into the shadow. The shaman is not afraid to be honest, to go face fears, to go look at the demons, to go dredge up the basement, um, and to humbly, courageously look at what is false, um, where where are you the problem, you know? <laughs> Maybe what lies or distortions uh, are ready to be shattered. And so the shaman, uh, in my exploration of shamanism in the healing arts and, and that shamanic path, really brings about that kind of raw, real, honest look at the demons. And then, of course, in the shamanism, there's also connection to the elements and balance. And there's this whole other pathway of medicine teachers that felt really nourishing for my soul. And it, it became uh, an aspect of my spirituality to leverage nature as my church. And um, a lot of a lot of the traditions and customs really landed as home in my being. Um, so it was great medicine for me. And um, then the angelic part is, is that part that connects to the divine and that part that can be really tender and gentle and compassionate uh, with the journey so that it's balanced or tempered with that shamanic courage. There's this angelic gentleness. And um, when I was doing my shamanic training with one of my shamanic teachers, it was so fire and so intense that uh, sometimes it left me feeling um, maybe a little traumatized. And that's why I was like, for me personally, I felt the needing to round that out with gentleness and compassion and nurturing for the traumas, the falls, the fails, um, the, the wake up calls and the pain that happens along our journey because we get stuck and it hurts. We fall down and it hurts. Our heart gets smashed and, and it, and it hurts. And so I think the angelic part of my healing practice as well as my mission is to blend those two feminine and masculine and gentleness and fierce courage. And, and uh, that alchemy seems to be pretty powerful. Uh, yeah. uh, absolutely. And that, that's really what I was, um, that's really the thing that I was thinking about when you mentioned that that is really the light and the dark, the shadow and the light really integrating into union, right? Instead of being compartmentalized or only focusing on one element, but disowning the other one or pretending the other one doesn't exist. It's really bringing in this holistic and integrative perspective or embodiment of uh, the human experience. And that that's, that's really so much of what this show is all about. Obviously, um, so many of the conversations are about health and wellness and, and um, dive deep into those aspects. But I also love to bring in the spiritual and metaphysical and, and personal transformation perspective. And it always does kind of lead into this, this integration of those two particular um, complementary opposites. And I think that's in this, this is a great segue because I think that's so much of the theme that's happening in our world as a, as a collective and individually, you know, we talked about this yesterday as to what we were really going to dive into. Yeah. And it was really like the state of the world, 
like what's going on on this planet right now and not just projecting out there, but also using it as a mirror roadmap to what's going on in here, right? Like that's, that's what it's all about. And I think that's what people are craving. I feel like people are craving more authenticity. They're craving more um, enrichment or ennobling of their life experience instead of just kind of this, this mundane, um, uh, you know, being certain of every little thing that's going on in my life. I know what's going on. And then what happens when uncertainty comes in and cracks all that whatever it is, the relationships, the money, the security, the, the food paradigms might change. Your diet might change if your identity is wrapped up in that. That's part of it. Um, you know, all these different things, careers, vocations, et cetera, et cetera. It is full on, isn't it? It's full on. You know, um, it is full on because we're, 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 we're preparing right now for the eye of the needle, Ronnie, and we can't go through that eye of the needle with all our baggage. We can't go through that with our partner. We can't go through that with limiting beliefs, playing small, you know, letting fears drive our life. Like we can't really navigate into that place, which our soul is so much, so craving to be in our thriving, embodied, um, fullest expression. And it has been this consistent unraveling and unpacking and dissolving and, and unlayering and peeling open that has been happening now um, for a while. And now we're getting to the point where it's getting really juicy. And, um, and I was sharing with you that I've noticed even the pillars of light are shaking and crumbling, you know, like dear soul families, you know, that have been like pretty solid on their path. I'm, I'm witnessing uh, um, major meltdowns, <laughs> not just what's happening politically, but in the structures, you know, and in the structures of our community. Um, but also, of course, in our environment, because so within is, is what is manifest outside and, and as we do what we do to our planet, it's the same thing we're doing to our bodies. And uh, I was sharing that I've noticed dear friends, lots of clients that are just having everything crumble, not just, oh, I, I broke up, you know, my, my partner and I broke up, but like huge diagnosis at the same time the business is failing and then bankruptcy or relationship <laughs> chaos, health crisis, just like full, full meltdown. So that, and, and I know that some of you watching or listening might be having a meltdown of your own, um, meaning that it might be hard to go to the same job that is not your soul path any longer. Um, any addictions or patterns might be taking its toll now on the health where maybe there was, Maybe there was the ability, Ronnie, to kind of ignore or blame or yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, I know, but I'm still going to go do this thing. And we can get away with that for so long. And it seems like time's up with that. And with that is just, it's, it's, it's intense because we're going through the ringer. And it seems like all of the tools, all of the teachings that you or I or anybody listening or watching has been accumulating have got to be used and implemented and integrated together. I realize I can't just meditate or eat healthy. It's like I got to do both. And I also have to be really discerning about my choices, who I spend my time with. Um, and I, I, there's no, it doesn't seem like there's any deviation, room for deviation any longer. And any distortion, any lie, any movement out of integrity seems to be getting corrected pretty quickly and pretty abruptly and pretty intensely. <laughs> and I'm only speaking from truth. Like, you know, I'm in it too. Uh, you, you know, I know you said superhero, but I'm like, yeah, from human to even more human, I think is the real superhero journey is to acknowledge that, wow, as I wake up, I really become aware of how much uh, uh, so many parts of me are still living in illusion mm. or attachment to somebody else's opinion or being accepted or success or labels or achievements. Um, it's insidious, Ronnie. <laughs> it goes deep. And then these weeds go in, you know, deep, especially if we've been working with a particular paradigm for decades, 
then those those neural networks, those patterns, those beliefs are pretty entrenched in there. So I just, yeah, I'm acknowledging that there's there's full major meltdowns. And so if you're watching or listening and going through that, you're certainly not alone. And that means you're on the path because that means you're preparing for a better version of yourself and dismantling anything that won't fit in the next version. You know, so. Yeah. So this is, this is perfect. You know, one of the things that I talk about quite often is the plight of our language system and symbology and kind of like how people are cosmologically and archetypically illiterate. Hmm. And so we're, we're very much in a world of literalism. Right, we take religion and all these stories literally, and then we go and enact out these these parables, which are largely metaphors or allegories, and they're but they're taken out literally, and so there. So we have all these religious wars and all this craziness, and the the society I notice and just the conditioning. This isn't a personal kind of judgment; it's just the conditioning of the mind in the world is very much literal. It's literalizing everything. So there's a metaphorical kind of attunement, I think, that has to happen, understanding the power of archetypes. What particular archetypical uh, embodiment am I experiencing right now at this phase in my life journey, right? Like going deeper into the symbology of life instead of taking everything as like uh, taking it literally. So like, for example, one, you know, I want to, I want to segue into this because you mentioned evolving into our greatest self, right? And I think that has to do to be able to do that, we have to be able to see be- between the lines. We have to be able to see beyond the veil and like, okay, this is what's happening or this is what appears to be happening. <laughs> and what is the metaphor here? What is behind that? Like what, where maybe it's, maybe it's just personal responsibility. Like where have I deviated that has accumulated uh, or perpetuated certain behaviors that now have created this wake up call? Or like what, what, what's behind the curtain, metaphorically speaking? I'd love to kind of bring that perspective as we segue into, into that. Yeah, thank you for that. Because I, I think that it's imperative right now that everybody, you know, that each person on their soul's journey, because I say it's not about, oh, well, I, it's, a, it's a buy one, get one. Like I'm just going to, my friend's going to help get me in or my partner, we're going to, you know, it's not that we can't do these things together, but this is this part of it of the soul awakening um, requires radical honesty and um, and and compassion in a non-judgmental way to be like okay where am I full of shit <laughs> where where am I where am I perpetuating a problem here or allowing an addiction whether it's an addiction to technology or it's an addiction to excuses or an addiction to playing small or addiction to a substance or to a person or to the past, or to an identity, where is that keeping me from my greatness? And it, it's, it's necessary at this time to be able to cultivate a witness that with neutrality is able to watch and stalk uh, where, where there is that um, lie, where there's that ignoring that is um, kind of, if unchecked, going to contribute to to our downfall and another wake up call. And we're in a classroom. If we, I look at it always like I'm in a classroom because then no matter what is happening, it's happening for me. It's happening, you know, and that shifts out of the victim into the villain, you know, into the, into the victorious. It shifts out of that. Okay. It's your fault, Trump. It's your fault, dad. It's your fault, partner. It's your fault, society. And it's like, whatever, like, well, what can I do about it? Okay. If these, if these are the cards that are in front of me and I don't like them, how can I change them? Because we're all quite capable, you know, 80,000 different choices and thoughts every day that we can decide if I'm not going to do that thing anymore. And, you know, maybe we need help. Maybe, maybe there's a radical honesty that says, wow, alcohol is really sabotaging my life. It's wreaking havoc. Let's just say that's one, um, one of many things that could be taken you know, taking you off your game, then it might require also radical courage to say, I'm going to need some help to break this pattern. Um, And I'm going to need a sponsor. I'm going to need an advocate and I'm going to need support around me. And I think that cultivating that witness is super vital so that we're able to pattern or a way of being or a substance addiction or 
well, I've always had this job. I've always been an attorney because everyone in my family's been an attorney. Whatever the stories are, attachments are, to, to unmingling that takes time. And we'll fall back into our old patterns and sometimes we'll, we'll trip up. And it's, I, think, I feel that at this point, in addition to the witness, um, to also have, be really gentle and compassionate, but also have an advocacy support council around that is providing tools and inspiration, coaching um, to help get through that time so that those patterns, the enmeshment, the neural networks in the brain can be dismantled so that, you know, somewhere somebody has been where you are and they've navigated to a better place. And so this is where having somebody that has knows the way, whether it's with health, whether it's relate with relationships, whether it's with finances, whatever, that says, hey, help a brother out, help a sister out here, because you've, you've been through this. Show me the way. And this is where humility and teamwork and cooperation is going to come in, because, we, you know, even though we're walking this journey alone, we don't have to w- walk it without support of people and spirit and advocates to, you know, help us to stay on track when we needed it. Beautifully said. And, and the, the main thing I pulled out of that was that we all need support. And I, I think, part of, I think, I think part of the courage is also not just us taking the first step, but us asking for support too. Right. Because then we have to be yeah. vulnerable and authentic and, and real about what's going on. Um, otherwise we're just playing, you know, peek and boo with, with reality. And <laughs> Yeah, and then we're also really hiding that part of us which that, that binds us all together is our humanness that says, wow, I fall too, I fail too, I get off the path too, I sedate too. And I think especially for those of us that are, you know, participating in the awakening of humanity, and that's all of us, that's everybody watching, that's everybody listening, we are all participating, you wouldn't be hearing this. You wouldn't be watching this if you didn't know you had a role to play. And so that I, I hope that lands deep in you. And you might not know exactly what or exactly how, but there is a role and there is a way for you to get off the bench and get in the game. And, um, and in the struggle of that, in the journey of that, we don't have to be the lone wolf in that. We still have to be making our own choices and accountable for our own screw-ups and and, you know, make our own choices and take our own tests in life. And the camaraderie that comes with go brother, go brother, or go sister, you can do that. Or, hey, I'm sorry, you, you fell. My shoulder's right here for you. Or get out of there. Go, go do it. That's, you know, the, the inspiration to be like, yes, you can write a book. Or, yes, you can, you can do that thing. Put your product out there, you know. Um, put your voice out there. And I think that this is also a time for um, for us all to step on, uh, off the bench and get into inspired, authentic leadership in those areas that we're really passionate about and get in the game of where we have some gift, some tool, some energy, some creativity, some inspiration uh, that can help solve a problem. And the two big ones that we're dealing with, of you know, of course, humanity, of how we treat each other and, you know, the human heart and humanity working together. And the other big one is the planet. And they're both interconnected. And if we don't know how to take care of each other, then we won't be able to take care of our planet. If we don't take care of our planet, we don't have a place to live. And then there's going to be more battling scarce resources as, as those finite resources on a planet with billions of people begin to dwindle, then if we don't know how to handle each other, you know, in the human interaction with more consciousness, um, it's going to get darker uh, fast. Yeah, I mean, if that, that, you know, if that were ever a call for getting more creative and getting more in your genius and getting more authentic and real, I don't know what is. And I'm kind of curious from your perspective, after working with so many people, like, what is it that really you think holds people back from going from a spectator to being a full on player in their own life? Like I have my own theories and my own kind of uh, perspectives, but I'm just curious what, what your perspective on that is. 
Um, thank you for that because, you know, like I see thousands, uh, you know, I've seen thousands of thousands of clients and, you know, that will meet the ceiling of where there is some kind of resistance. Oh, but I couldn't. So definitely one is unworthiness. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. That's one. A big one is a fear of rejection because if I step out, will I lose my partner? Will I lose my best friend? Will my parents uh, disown me? Um, and I think a big one is a fear of losing uh, that support network that's currently in place. And I say, if somebody is threatened by you following your mission and your path, then those are not your soul family. And then it's time for an upgrade to surround yourself with people that see you and want you to shine. And then when you start doing that or not threatened, their insecurities are not threatened. And so I think fear of rejection and then, of course, fear of failure. Well, what if I write a book and nobody buys it? And it's like, yeah, what if? So what? <laughs> so you went through the process and you birthed a book. You had the discipline to, to put yourself out there. You figured out how to edit, how to write, how to, how to say no to other things and put your words on paper. And I think, what a huge accomplishment. And um, I think people are so afraid to fail in the process of learning that it's like, well, I'm not even going to get a, I'm just not even going to. I'm just not even going to take, I'm just not even going to get in the game. I'm not, I'm not even going to play at all. And I, I look at that as, okay, well, I'm exploring. If I'm going on this new path, of course, I don't have mastery in this path yet. And if I'm switching careers or if I'm learning a new skill, it's not uncommon for me to be an epic flop, do it, you know, not so refined and and mess up and and have laugh like oh okay at least I learned what not to do a hundred times and um, at least I'm trying I'd rather go out trying than you know sitting on the sidelines just throwing judgment daggers at everybody else that's trying um so I think that it's better for me for my gifts my magic my voice to be out there than not do. Do I have lots to learn? Yeah. Do I have it all together? No. And But that doesn't stop me from trying and get back up and saying, all right, well, um, with that test, I did well here, but okay there and really sucked it over here. <laughs> and, to, and to be like, okay, let's try it again. And what, what can I learn? What could I ask for? Maybe there's some support. Maybe I need training. Um, maybe I need patience. Maybe I, 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 maybe there's some aspect of the way I'm going about it. That's why I say the witnesser is so important so that we can study, okay, well, what didn't work? Not from a place of blame and trauma and guilt and you idiot, but more from a place of a neutral perspective that says, okay, well, huh. So that didn't work as planned, um, whether that's a relationship or a health thing or a business launch, whatever. And okay, well, what could I do differently? What are the missing pieces? And does somebody, can somebody see something that I don't, do I have a blind spot? And I, I think the journey, the hero's journey is the one that's willing to keep looking, keep refining, get back up, fall, fail, fly, and try again, fall, fail, fly, try again. <laughs> And I think that's the hero's journey. And it's not graceful. It's not easy. Um, but I will tell you, it's a lot more joyful than um, being stuck with my joy and my magic still inside me. And the, the, the guilt and the unhappiness that I have felt at times when I was not on my soul path was, was really dark times. Um, I'm much happier being on my soul's mission doesn't mean I don't struggle and flounder and, and fail like often. And uh, that's cool. <laughs> that's okay. And uh, I, I am at least having a good time along with other people that are flying, failing and, and floundering and then, and trying again, you know, I'm having fun with it anyway. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I mean, I just feel like that's really the key too, is like, you're only getting this one life in this particular, this particular version of it. And and that's all we know. So, you know, why hold yourself back just because you're afraid of what other people think? And and that's usually like one of the big ones, right? And you, you kind of mentioned that already. And it's like, it just feels so trivial, you know, compared to the life that you can live and what's possible, what's on the other end of the mystery. And I, I, you know, I think there's also this principle of like the need for certainty and uncertainty and like having that in dynamic balance. Cause it's like, if you're too uncertain, then it's like, you know, then it's like flight or flight, right? You don't know what's going on. That's kind of what, kind of what we're talking about earlier is like, there is a lot of uncertainty, but then there's also, if you're too certain, everything's planned out and regimented and you got everything lined up perfectly, then people will self-sabotage unconsciously because they need a little bit of novelty, right? They can't have everything mapped out because reality doesn't work that way. It's like a mystery. Like you got to be taken on a, a mysterious adventure Otherwise, your soul gets bored and then wants to like push the button, the self-struck <laughs> button. It's like, okay. <laughs> right? You know, and that's also if we're so linear in our plan, then we miss all of these signals to say, oh, there was a left turn there. Or pause. We want to learn this thing or try this thing or integrate this thing so that what you're doing can go to the next level. And so when there's such linear thinking and structure about it, that doesn't allow innovation. Um, elevation, acceleration, shift, expansion, then we stagnate. You know, it's like, well, this was the path. This was the mission. This is what I was going to do, which doesn't allow spirit or flexibility to keep making refinements and adjustment as we go on our journey. And that's where I like to feel it, uh, this rhythm of feminine and masculine and this rhythm of listening and intuition and inspiration and flexibility and openness of like, hey, you know, help me out here. Um, and then when that inspiration and that fire comes in, you know, cause that receptiveness is more feminine and that listening and let me pause before I take action. That's, that's kind of the left side of our body and the more creative, um, part of our brain. But then there's also, once we get that vision or that mission to pass it over to the masculine, this is go start taking action boldly, courageously, try that new thing, learn that new thing. Um, be diligent, have structure, uh, say no to certain things so that you can get your, you know, your life's work out there. But that within that masculine mission is to also continually be, is there anything that needs to change? Am I going in the right direction? Is there any signals from my last movements that are trying to get me to make a change in something? Is the body telling me something? Is my bank account telling me something? Is my soul trying to tell me something? And is spirit, with through synchronicities or through pain, giving me signals to make a left, quit, stop, try this thing? And am I ignoring those? And I call that the clairignorance, you know, because there's clairsentience where we can feel divine. There's claircognizance where we just kind of know. There's clairsentience where we feel. There's clairvoyance where we see. And there's clear audience where we hear, and that's kind of our channels to higher consciousness. And then there's clear ignorance, which is like, yeah, I hear you, but screw you. (laughs) I call that clear ignorance or clear avoidance, where it's just like, yeah, I hear you, and I'm just avoiding the truth. I don't want to go down that path. I don't want to quit that thing. And um, so we're stubborn little buggers sometimes. (laughs) And... um, and uh, it will, otherwise, then it, it, the longer we continue clear avoidance or clear ignorance, then the wake up call, the meltdown is just going to be that louder, more painful, uh, you know, which is totally optional. And sometimes that's what it takes, you know. I've certainly attracted that um, hit brick wall um, many times as, as a learning opportunity that after. 100,000 or more signals uh, that I just ignored. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because I'm a dense human being at times. So back to compassion (laughs) and then try it again. (laughs) 
Yes, I, I, I mean, I, I, I love it. I can relate so much to every single thing you said. The clear ignorance is just an interesting perspective. I never heard that term. I think you probably coined it. Uh, but, it, you know, that's something I think is worth mentioning, too, because when we were talking yesterday, we got really raw and vulnerable and was really I was just talking about, you know, there's been times in my life where uh, and more recently because of the, the uh, paradigm and psychological collapses where I wasn't as psychologically resilient because the, the, the it felt like the walls were coming in and things were going awry in my relationship and, um, you know, finances, business, just like this ebb and flow, like me, I didn't even know. I was like, what am I even doing with my life? Where am I going? What am I, am I even really making a difference after all this time, after the last 10 years, am I even really doing anything? And just really going through that dark night of the soul. And there was a particular point where I was not okay with God. I was very, um, I knew who I was talking to or what I was talking to. And I was, uh, I was like, look, like if I'm going to stick around, then things got to change and I need some signs. I need a raft. I need a sign. I need something because I am not okay with this and I feel alone. And you know what, if you don't want to, uh, you know, if you, uh, as I'm kind of anthropomorphizing, uh, God a little <laughs> bit, like, look, if you don't want to, if you don't want to interject here, then take me out. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to be here. And I've had those moments. And so, um, I also want to mention that too, because, a, we brought it up yesterday, and B, um, that's just kind of like what I notice a lot of people going through. Maybe not that exact thing, but that kind of energy of like, what do you do when your back's against the wall? And that, that may only last for a short amount of time, but when you're in it, it feels eternal. Yeah. So thank you for that vulnerability. I think that everybody watching and listening has been at some point, so down that they're like, God, I, you know, is this all there is? And it's got to be better. There's got to be something better. Um, and I, 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 it is, that's why looking at that in the classroom that says, okay, this door is closing. Some, there, there needs to be a shift. And I think that that is always that level of pain, that rock bottom in whatever way that looks like, is it can look like an overdose, a, a divorce, a, a diagnosis. It can look like a lot of things that catalyze that. Um, and one of the things that seems to be in common at that point is the catalyst to reach out for some divine intervention at that point. Even if it's like, hey, screw you, give me some help. <laughs> if it's this both kind of, you know, like this dialogue of like, I don't believe in you, but anyway, um, help a brother out, help a sister out here. And I think that that's the, the soul crisis that um, is also going to catalyze a whole other level of spiritual faith in whatever that looks like for you. Um, and for me right now, I, I can't be walking, the, the, the pathway is so razor thin, like, I cannot be walking without divine guidance because if my ego starts making the decisions for even one part of any part of the day, I'm screwed. Like I can, I can, I can ruin things very quickly when I'm not in that resonance with what is true. How can I keep my energy peaceful? Even when like chaos and things are melting down. So I think that when we're going through it, just to know I'm going to get through this and there's something on the other side better. And that's where the witnesser comes in. It's just like, I know you're struggling and it's a tsunami or it's a hurricane, but this too shall pass. And so instead of going into full on panic, meltdown, blame, I'm just going to overdose and, you know, freak out mode just to be like, okay, this is happening for me, not to me. And I'm going to get through it. There is a way through. And I think that calm, uh, voice is just so essential because otherwise our inner dialogue can perpetuate so quickly a downward spiral that the checkout plan seems to be the only option. And I just, I want to speak to those that have ever been on that doorstep of like, Hey, is the checkout plan the only option here to be like, uh, it is an option. Okay. I hear you. And most likely there's another doorway presenting themselves, presenting itself. That if you just pause, if you just wait, and if you just ask, and then go into that witnesser to say, okay, well, what isn't working? What could be differently? What choice am I making and repeating that is continuing to create some chaos, some poor health, some relationship drama, and 
bring it back to what can I do differently? Because I'm only here because of my last choices. You know, that's truly the empowering truth is I am only here experiencing this reality now and the full pain of it because of my last choices. And so what can I choose differently? What can I unchoose? And, you know, Gary Zukoff, you know, when, when in my dark night of soul, that was a book that really helped me seed of the soul. And he's like, if you want a different outcome, make a different choice. And I'm like, Oh, huh. <laughs> you know, and I was like, yeah, but it's his fault. And I'm angry. And it was just like, okay, we'll start with making a different choice right there. Not blaming, not sedating, not running and hiding. Cause I think that when we're down in the pit of despair, our go-tos tend to be blame, run, hide, sedate, ignore. And so what if I didn't repeat those choices? Maybe, maybe not all of those are your jam, but maybe one of them, like sedate, um, is, is, is what you turn to when things aren't going well. Either way, can I make a different choice instead of numbing, blaming, hiding, running, or sedating? Um, or ignoring? What if I actually looked at it? What if I didn't run and I actually stayed? What if I didn't blame and I took accountability for my part in it? Uh, what if I didn't sedate and I actually felt my anger, my resentment, my passion, my excitement, my frustration? What if I actually felt it and moved through those waters of emotion to be like, and so what would I want to do differently? Like, there's always an antidote on the other side of that ocean of emotion. Like, there's treasures deep in there, and we're so quick to avoid it. And so I think at this time when there's a lot of chaos happening in different aspects of your life, and sometimes simultaneously, like the, the, like the perfect storm, and you're right in, right in the midst of that, is to just stay cool, stay calm. And start looking at what choices you can change that are going to start to change your trajectory from a downward spiral, whether that's in your finances or in your relationship or your health or your soul path or whatever. What changes can you make to start catalyzing an upward spiral and what help do you need along the way? Because somebody is there. Somebody's been where you are and somebody's on the other side. And that's where it's like, yeah. Somebody that's on the other side, show me how to navigate this path. And somebody that believes that I can do this, I'm going to need to surround myself with yes people. Like, yes, you can sober up. Yes, you can find, uh, you know, the way to have a healthier relationship with your partner. Yes, you can have, you can have health, a healthier body. Yes, you can find a, a, a career that nourishes your soul and doesn't, doesn't you know, make you you know, depressed just by the thought of going to work. Like, yes, it's possible. And so there's going to need to be an element of faith for sure to be able to start moving and support and probably, you know, somebody guiding um, or multiple people guiding that says, hey, you know, how do you do this entrepreneur thing? How do you do this healthy relationship thing? How do you do this heal from cancer thing? Somebody's done it. So we ask for help. And surround ourselves with people who want us to succeed, for sure. A lot of upgrading the current, um, I've done that over and over and over again of just update, updating my circle of influence. I mean, geez, like right there, that's, that's a whole thing on in of itself because I think one of the things that's made me such a great networker and um, – is exactly that. I'm constantly, uh, and it doesn't mean I'm disbanding from other people. I'm just on the move. I'm just moving around. I'm, I'm moving along. Yeah. Not everybody is on the same trajectory where we meet up in certain pockets like you and I, and then we keep doing our thing and we return. And And I'm constantly doing that too. And just to, uh, you know, what came up for me on a personal level from everything that you shared about surrounding ourselves with the people that affirm us, there's like two things, basically. One of them is that we don't want any energy leakages, right? If we're trying to make a shift and we're, we're shifting the neuro, the neuro network and the, the, the pathways in our, our brain, those things have been firmly um, uh, stabilized there. So it's going to take some work and some consistency. And we don't want any energies that are counterproductive, that are opposing the momentum that we're trying to create. 
And so like I, that part right there, I think is just so essential. And ultimately, what is that? That's being congruent. That's being in alignment. And it's like, so then, then it translates holistically into like what you eat, what you think, how you feel, you know, your spiritual practice, who you surround yourself with. And it may not start, start all there for somebody, but it's got to start somewhere. And then eventually that I think is the journey you, me, and so many other people have been on is where we start with one thing and then it creates a momentum. And if we can surround ourselves with the right people and get the, the those people that support us and affirm us and say yes to us, not say yes to us, but say yes for us in service of us, then um, and are also willing to say no to us if we're out of alignment. That's another yeah. piece, right? That are also willing to be honest. Yeah, that says, hey, you're playing small or actually you're not being accountable. And I, I think that the soul family does that. They're not afraid to be honest and not, you know, and able to be there, you know, to kind of help you pick up the pieces and also call you out when you're playing small. Like, hey, what are you doing? Like, you've got this gift. What, what are you doing? How can I support you, you know, spreading your wings? And um, I teach a course uh, by a Power Management Awakening Weekend called Quantum Manifestation. And it breaks that down into what all do you need to be surrounding yourself with? And, and, and people is one of those mm. to just have you know, a positive community around you um, that also are not trying to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, positive mindset, positive influences on media, all of that, where, where it's just like every area of your life. And do I have positive support reinforcing the upward spiral and where can I fast from or take a break from any substances, environments, conversations, media that contributes to my downward spiral, which may break some patterns or maybe even dissolve some relationships. And it's okay for you to grow. Um, one of my clients, uh, uh, breast cancer, and she's like, it's a matter of life or death. And, and I said, well, who is it more important for you to feed all of your energy to this drama queen energy sucker that is, you know, sucking on you every minute? I'm like, no wonder there's breast, no wonder there's breast cancer issues. So I always felt obligated. And I said, well, maybe that's the issue is not feeling obligated to always um, be a dumping house for everybody, for other people's negativity or drama. There's a difference between holding a space when you are in this space and when you're available to be support for somebody else, but also know when to have clear boundaries to be like, wait, I'm healing. I'm not in a place right now in this moment because I'm rebuilding my body from the inside out and I need positive vibrations around me right now just so that I'm here to next year this time, you know, like that's like reality check. And during my session with this one client, I'm like reality check, unless this pattern changes, what is actually at stake here? Yeah. And she goes, well, whether or not I have a relapse, whether or not this cancer actually leaves my body. I'm like, if it's that important, then you don't owe anybody anything ever. Um, you know, except for, of course, okay. My children, right. Um, uh, but that's that, uh, breaking those patterns of feeling obligated is, is really liberating as well. So mm. yeah, when we're in this place where we're doing this upward spiral, we'll need to, we'll need to be looking at anything that might leak the energy and where to clear boundaries with compassion because that doesn't mean that friend doesn't need the support that they need, but they actually might need a therapist, um, you know, rather than just being a cesspool for dumping um, every time they had a case. She's like, every time she has a chaos or drama, I'm getting a text, an email, a phone message, you know, or a phone call about it. And I mean, it was literally sucking the life out of her. And I was like, okay, you know, and I, I saw her a year later, just this last year. And she goes, oh my God, that saved my life. That it's okay for me to say no um, and yes to myself, you know, because that's, being in integrity and following your soul path is also how can I prioritize what my mission and say no to some things that would pull me off track and, and send blessings and support and love for anything that isn't in resonance, but, and, and show up in whatever ways feel in alignment. And it's okay for you to grow and move forward and move on. It's okay. 
Um, I mean, yeah, that's not okay. I don't know what is. I mean, one of the things that came up in my mind in that particular example is like, hey, like you, you don't know anyone else, but what better of an impact can you make on other people's lives if you get healthy and you heal yourself? Like that friendship will be much more valuable if you can get onto the other side of this situation than you being limited and, and, and disempowered and, and may or may not make it out of this situation. Like, you know, it's like, I, I feel like, and we don't have a lot of time left, but I feel like maybe I just get your perspective on this too. It's like, um, one of the big issues, and I think it's similar to the literalism thing. I think one of the big issues that people are dealing with is short-term gratification or short-term versus a long-term fulfillment and, and really objectifying the two and taking them and putting them on the table and really getting a clear neutral view of like, okay, this is short-term and it feels good. I get that little dopamine Facebook like hit right here, but then it's actually draining my bank account. And I'm, I'm, I'm worse off the next day for it. And it's kind of like it's, it's progressive, but for some reason, I think that's just the addictive thing too, that you kind of brush stroked. And then there's the other thing here, which is basically what we really want, which is long-term fulfillment in, 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 you know, the manifestation of our heart's desire. I'd love to just speak to that as, as kind of piggybacking on this. Yeah. Thanks for that. Um, and you know, uh, Michael, Michael Beth, Reverend Michael Beckwith has a great little zinger on this that really hit home with me when he was talking about following your mission. He goes, it's going to take discipline," And I was like, yes, yes. Meaning I'm going to need to say no to certain things, you know, like you're an author, right? You had to say no in order to get a book out. You know, everyone else is going to this thing Friday night and, you know, or everybody else is going here or doing that. And you're like, I'm writing my book uh, or I'm working on this particular thing. Uh, and I, I just I, that that term really hit home, discipline. And and for me, it's also that the sword of discernment, um, the Archangel Michael has this sword of discernment that says, is this action or this choice moving me in the direction of alignment and purpose? Or is it taking me away from that? And so I think discipline um, and discernment and, and, and prioritizing that is really important to be able to develop a level of honesty and movement into what structures do I need to create and like hold firm to so that my morning routine is not get up and go right onto electronics, but my morning routine is get up, meditate, you know, breath work, meditate, drink, you know, drink water, um, move the body, go learn something. And it's just like, that's the morning. And having the discipline or the discipline to say, by taking care of myself, by, by having divine spiritual connection, by doing my yoga, by, in, you know, inspiring my brain with positive content, learning something, then I set the day up for something great. Otherwise, I'm just letting everybody else and their agendas run my day and my life right into bankruptcy, right into soul corruption, right into disease. And, and this is this necessity to really take back control yeah. of our life and say, wait, let me prioritize those tasks and those choices that move me in, in the direction of, of my greatness or my mission. And also be really honest about where I need to be a little bit more disciplined about things that are distracting me or sucking that energy, whether that's people, whether that, you know, whether that's people or whether that is substance um, or a habit or a laziness that is sabotaging. And uh, so discipline is really necessary for those people that are really stepping into their greatness. It's essential to have structure and, and a divine connection. And then flexibility within that so that you, you also have time to play and, and create and, and laugh and rest. Um, but yeah, I think that it's super essential. If you're really going to want to move forward on, in progress, you'll need to be able to say no to things that, that aren't a fit for you or aligned for you. Mm. And feel great about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, final, final, final insight I want to get just to wrap up the, the, the wrap a tie on the whole conversation. 
we started with the whole kind of like breakdown of the world and the archetypes and the metaphors behind all that. And then it went into some really amazing multiple territories. And I'd like to just kind of finalize on that note as we are navigating. um, I think the answer you gave is brilliant, but as we're navigating the trajectory of our lives and and what we're going to do on the planet, if we haven't already figured that out, or if we have how we're going to do it at, a greater level of our capacity. Um, you know, what, what, what do you feel intuitively that everyone that will benefit from this really needs to take heart to, to make those changes in their life? If not now, when? There's, you know, we're waiting for you. Hmm. we're waiting for you. You're the one we've been waiting for. It's not what's happening in the White House. It's not about your parents. It's not about your partner. It's not about anything else. You're the ones we've been waiting for because there's pieces of the puzzle that each of us has. And so it's not about just waiting for some leader to fix it all for us. Um, You're the one that we've been waiting for. And I know greatness lies within you. I know that there is power beyond measure measure inside of you. And if you've already been tapping that right on, and if you know it's there and you don't know how to do it, well, that's, that's where you get to ask for help. You're listening to this right now. Both Ronnie and I do this. We do this work to help people navigate in different ways, but complementary ways to really help people navigate um, their soul path. And so if you're still listening, if you're still watching, that's because this is landing as medicine and truth inside you, or you would have clicked off already. So I want to acknowledge you for, for staying with it. And also recognize this is a prayer that you've been asking for this transmission, what occurred today, some of the things play it back again, and um, take notes and see where that might catalyze a change um, in you to make, make a different choice that either pulls you out of a downward spiral and gets you in that upward momentum uh, or it amplifies your, you know, and accelerates your greatness or kind of reinforces some of those blind spots or weak links that might be you know, an unstable platform before you launch to the next level of, of that. And every time I go to the next level, my platform gets a whole like reworking, restructuring. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. I just built that. And it's just like, yeah, but that's not going to sustain at the next level. You're going to have to dismantle that and only take this piece or none of it um, and rebuild it stronger at the next level. And so we kind of get comfortable with doing that. And so if not now, when, because you do have the resources available, you know, there are people that are where you want to be. And so follow your heart, trust your intuition and get going, you know, (laughs) let's go. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) <laughs> that, that was that was perfect and you were uh, you're speaking right to me because you're looking right at me so I, yeah. okay. I better i better i better turn up the heat here um so so okay amazing this conversation has been so beautiful so amazing mm-hmm. i knew so many incredible nuggets would would transpire through it and with with that in particular that you just shared where can people um, see more about your work? I know that you are getting ready to initiate um, a program that's going to help people really live the best life ever in 2019. I know you have many other programs and things that people can benefit from. Where where can they find that? Yes. Thank you for asking. Um, I'll make sure that we get the link in the comments section below or in the bio, wherever this is, um, we'll, we'll get it posted there. Um, in the comment section, um, but the Quantum Leap program, it is uh, for 2019, it is about really breaking down one month at a time with videos and inspirational content, tools, roadmaps, checklists, action steps, so that each month we're just focusing on one particular thing 
to implement and to break old patterns and habits with an accountability um, inspiration. So that I'm, I'm super excited about that because a lot of times people say, oh, well, I know better, but I don't have the support, inspiration, accountability or community. And so there'll be a Facebook community, monthly videos and action steps that, you know, you can take to really create a roadmap for that. Mm-hmm. So that's called the Quantum Leap Program. And there's the option for a VIP program that for people that are wanting to do a mastermind intensive here in Sedona and get some deeper work with me as that as that uh, part of that process, which is like you do one on work with me and like we're going to go somewhere. <laughs> like so, there's that. Of course, I run a healing practice here in Sedona. Uh, my favorite weekend is the uh, Empowerment and Awakening Weekend. That's a three and a half day intensive. And if you're really better in a live learning environment, that's phenomenal. Nine courses where we dive deep into understanding relationships, clear boundaries, quantum manifestation, vibrant nutrition, spirituality, meditation, like all of it, understanding the chakras, feminine and masculine balance. And really, what are the tools that everybody just kind of needs to live a thriving, empowered life because we weren't taught them. And so... This has been decades of research, trial and error, and this is what I share with thousands of my clients. So that weekend is phenomenal. The next one is October and again in March. So we'll put the link there for that too. And of course, you know, I'm here in Sedona with, you know, private sessions, group retreats, a goddess awakening retreat. Like I'm just a warehouse of of solutions and uh, resources free stuff, downloadable things, inspirations, like there's everything from free all the way to super intensive, whatever level of support and inspiration you're ready to say yes to. Mm. Amazing. I I mean, that sounds incredible, especially if anyone's near Sedona, in Sedona, wants to go to Sedona. Um, I, I obviously, I live there and I go back as much as I can. I think I might need to take a trip there to do a little writing, a little two-week writing vacation. Um, just such an incredible vortex and such an incredible opportunity to uh, work with um, this amazing woman. So if any of you are feeling that call, definitely reach out to Anahata. I and yeah, definitely let her know Ronnie Landis said hi. Yes. Um, and the website is shamangelichealing.com because right. you can find everything that I've talked about um, there. There's some new links we're just looking to post, but... Uh, yeah, there's always new stuff, but uh, shamangelichealing.com. And yes, Ronnie, come and play, come and visit for sure. We'd love that. Mm, awesome. This, yeah. has been, this has been so absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for making the time and sharing with me and my audience. It's been the best ever. Yes. And Ronnie, thank you for, for doing this, for bringing this message out and for bringing inspirational content to the masses. Thank you for stepping out of any of your stories, uh, to come into being a beacon of light and inspiration and wisdom keeper um, and a way shower. So thank you, brother. You're welcome. Because those stories, those stories are, are they're persistent, but you know, <laughs> and a lot of work. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And bless each of you looking forward to seeing you step into quantum greatness and success in 2019 and beyond. I hope you enjoyed this fascinating episode of the Holistic Health and Human Potential show. Before you head off, I want to invite you to go to my website for further podcast episodes and tons of free content on holistic health, natural nutrition, and human potential. Please go to www.ronnielandis.net to find out how to take your health and your life to the next level. And also, I want to encourage you to leave a five-star review for this podcast on our iTunes page, which will help me in my mission to get these inspiring messages to millions of people throughout the world. I thank you so much for your support, and I look forward to continuing to provide amazing conversations and content on holistic health and human potential.